Thank you very much for being with us. What? Why don't you carry on, Joe? Let's let's get Thank started. You that, guys. All right, get back to the state dinner, Francisque, and let's uh, let's talk drag racing with uh, John, Brittany, and Robert. First of all, guys, thank you for working hard to get through that technical issue. We appreciate it. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy pre-Christmas. How's everybody? Thanks. We're all great. Uh, back in the office after a little off time for the holidays, and good to see you again, Joe. Just signed yes. <laughs> I know. Brittany and I hung out on my own podcast the other day. Great interview talking about the championship. Robert, an amazing season, eight wins, came in second. John, you scored another victory in your career. Uh, the last time Brittany won, you guys both swept the championship. This time it was first and second um, <clears throat> season, right? I, I, you know, Robert, I would imagine there's still a little bit of sting. But when you look back, you had a career season. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you know, it's uh, been a lot of years since anybody's won that many races, that many rounds. Um, so, no, very pleased, uh, proud of my team. And uh, we're learning from this and we're going to move on. Uh, I think maybe we got a little chip on our shoulder and, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have a, definitely a goals to, to get back on top. I'm proud to represent drag racing, but I also love other forms of motor racing. And uh, this week on EPAR Trade Industry Week, We've spoken with a lot of business, uh, you know, motorsports entrepreneurs from Australia. John, that's where you you say you started your career, and you know, I've been on fire from here to Australia is one of your uh, your, your your catchphrases that you use. <clears throat> one of the great imports from Australia, David Grubnick, became a world champion this year uh, at tuning for your daughter, Brittany Force. I would just like you to talk a little bit about David Brubnick and what he has brought to the team and his method of thinking, and even more so the connection between drag racing and Australia that you felt over the years. Well, I couldn't even tell you Grubnick's age, but he might've been down there watching me when I was back there in 74 or 75 in Australia. But I tell you, he's quite an individual. Um, he uh, not only as a driver, he was great, but, but as as a, uh, as, a, as a lead crew chief, uh, working with Savage to run Brittany's car. He's really helped her evolve. Uh, she's grown in the sport, still got a lot to learn. Uh, we all do. Hell, I'm learning from scratch. But Australia, you know, they always said when I went down there, they were like 10 years behind us. But they loved the sport of drag racing. Every type of car, it was just unbelievable. And I had a ball down there. Gary Dincham got me through that. Uh, I, I was struggling with a tuner. Uh, we couldn't make the thing work. Dincham, uh, the only thing kept me from having to swim back uh, was a national uh, speed record uh, that I got. And on the front page of the Sydney newspaper, probably by pure accident, but I got it. So no, uh, Grubnick's something special. We really like him. And he's already uh, figuring where he's going on next year with new plans that he has. Uh, but they had a great car. Robert Hyde had a great car. I mean, um, he was right there, three points. But you got to look at, you got to give caps. However they did it, they pulled it off. Him and, uh, you know, their Napa team, great people. But Auto Club was right there. Hagen was right there in the mix. So uh, whatever it is, it is what it is. And we move on from that. And uh, But I congratulate Brittany. But I want to, uh, you know, uh, 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 congratulate Justin. Uh, the other kids that were out there, uh, you know, all the ones that were in that fight, Antron and, and Torrance and all of them. So at the end of the day, we do the best we can. Uh, I'm trying to fix my hot rod. Proc came out of nowhere. I don't even know how. I thought he was eighth. And then I'm hearing it, he ended up number three, uh, you know, and uh, uh, hell, I didn't even know he was in the countdown. And I'm the owner. I should know. All that. But Robert runs all this stuff. But, you know, um, excited but australia was special to me and now it comes back you know grubnik like he always said pushing the limits that's what he does and by all the records you said and records that robert said uh we definitely did that at john force racing so i'm talking too much sorry you're not we've got 40 minutes to go we're inviting people out there to ask questions in the chat section there are some comments out there uh and this one i'm just going to put the brakes on it uh, I hear Pomona may be closed, which is a tragedy. Is that true? The answer is no, it is not true. They have re-upped for 10 years. 
NHRA will be there. That is a vicious rumor that was circulated throughout the season. When Brad Gerber joins us in about an hour from now, he will address it. But not only have they re-upped and extended where uh, the Fairplex is going to be, um, but they have got a new title rights sponsor for the facility as well. That is going to be great, and everybody's going to love it. We'll talk about that coming up in the future. Um, but the bottom line is, no, that is not true. They did move the Winter Nationals. That is true. It is no longer the first race of the season. Uh, Brittany, talk a little bit about <laughs> the first race of the season is going to be on the East Coast at the Gator Nationals. Uh, second time ever. The last time we did it was due to the pandemic. Seemed to work out start on the east coast finish on the west coast what do you think it definitely makes more sense for the teams and you know hauling these rigs and race cars across the country to start there it's going to be a little different just because i'm so used to you know our season begins in pomona and ends in pomona but i'm always about change and switching things up to see if you know there's improvements or there's a better crowd or a better draw from it so i think it should be exciting gainesville is one of the biggest races on our circuit so it makes sense to start there and um, it's actually a place where I got my first win years ago. So it's a special track to me, one I've been going to since I was a kid watching, you know, my dad race. So love that racetrack and um, should be interesting that we'll be starting there. I'm excited and looking forward to it. That was a JFR double up, if memory serves me correctly, Robert. You won uh, as well. And you and Brittany have done a lot of winning together. Yeah, we have. Uh, I think we, we did it once this year in, in Richmond. So uh, we've done it in Houston, and uh, that was that was a big day, uh, you know, when uh, she got her first win, and you know the Auto Club team uh, pulled off a win as well. So uh, that's that's always the goal. Every race we go to, uh, we're wanting to double up, and we've got uh, four chances to do it. All right. So John is out there. Says the only thing I like ten times more than F1 is NHRA. Uh, nothing like twenty thousand horsepower going down the racetrack. I don't like to compare motorsport because when you say you know my thing's better than your thing the chance of getting that person to also like what you like goes down it's not like my our, our thing is not necessarily like oh it's better than your thing i think fans of formula one and sports cars and nascar will love nhra drag racing if they come see it in person i would like you to each uh, talk a little bit about the experience at the nhra and what you think makes it unique uh, compared to some of these other types of series that people are familiar with. Well, what's good about NHRA and Camping World? Every ticket's a pit pass, and you can be in there and 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 be with the drivers, get photographed, you know, chat with them, watch them race, and then all the other stuff that goes on in the midways. It's a to me, it's the greatest show on earth. This PT Barnum on wheels, but yeah, never take anything away from F1. Don't know anything about it. Know a little bit about. IndyCar because uh, Courtney's husband, uh, uh, Ray Hall, Graham Ray Hall is in that. So we love it. We follow that. Of course, we follow NASCAR and uh, we've done a lot of work with him over the years. But, uh, you know, uh, we're down here in our world. Uh, we're the little brother uh, still fighting to, to get to where we want to be. But, you know, uh, lucky to have sponsors, uh, you know, Pete with myself, Robert with Auto Club uh, with some new announcements coming. It's going to be exciting. Of course, uh, uh, Chevrolet, Brittany with uh, Monster Energy and Flavor Pack, and Proc, that kid that moved up to number third. I still ain't figured out how in the hell that happened. But uh, uh, they did a great job. Got to tip my hats to them. Um, uh, but um, uh, him with Montana Brand. And, of course, then we have Cornwell Tools. Uh, a lot of exciting <laughs> stuff to talk about later. Can't talk about it now. Uh, but places we're going to go and things we're going to do. And in case seed, uh, resign, come back with us. So uh, I, I'm excited about the sport. Uh, I love all of them. I try to watch them all. And I really follow Brady because he's old as me in football. I want to see how he's, this is going to turn out for him. And uh, But uh, right now, uh, my leaders are sitting right here next to me, Robert Height and, 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 and Brittany. And uh, they did their job. They got more wins than I could imagine more records and for whatever right there at the end it didn't happen that's why we want to congratulate the competition it did for Brittany but Robert was three points so uh you know we keep bringing it up we keep talking about it in-house but right now our mindset is to move ahead how do we come back next year 
and, 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 and try to figure out how to win. And I'm trying to win. Don't get me wrong. Daniel Hood runs my car. He's great. He's family, him and Fabrizi. Uh, but we're going to make some, uh, add some more people in, in, into the hunt with us. Uh, and I want to get back on track. I only won a race. You said it earlier, but I only won one race. And it's been a long, uh, you'd have to go back 40 years when that happened. Well, and uh, I, I agree that, you know, there's a curve, right? Like you get a race when you've done something special in the NHRA period, but you're used to winning multiple races. Robert, you're the president of John Force Racing. I'd like you to give us a state of the sport situation. I just kind of quelched that rumor about Pomona going away. But um, I, I would like to hear your perspective. You are a driver. You're one of the best drivers ever. But also, you run the business. And John just gave you that credit. When you think about drag racing, where it is, the nature of the sport, uh, the little brother analogy that John just put out there, trying to get where we want to be. There was a time where NASCAR and NHRA drag racing were peers, right? Uh, when John started in the early 1990s, you think about Kenny Bernstein, a drag racer, goes over and starts an IndyCar team, starts a NASCAR team. Raymond Beadle, a drag racer, starts a NASCAR team, wins a championship with Rusty Wallace. Uh, NASCAR had explosive growth in the 1990s. And like John just said, NHRA is trying to have that explosive growth. How's it going, Robert, as you are out there participating in and trying to sell the sport, seeing the changes that have made, uh, you tell us, give us your perspective. I, I think it's it's very healthy. I think there's a lot of new excitement. Uh, NHRA's done a good job, as, as you can tell by, you know, a lot of sellout races that we've had. And that's really what attracts the, the sponsors. Uh, you know, they, they love coming and seeing a packed house. They love the excitement uh, of hospitality and everything we do. Uh, being part of it right in the pits. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, you know, like John said earlier, you know, new announcements to make. And I would say, you know, NHRA drag racing is very healthy and we're working hard to continue it. Uh, you know, it's um, a lot of new, exciting news. And I just think everybody's doing a great job. Uh, you know, adding Tony Stewart to the mix this year didn't hurt. Uh, you know, he brought some new sponsors, new partners. And, um, uh, I think Tim Wilkerson's got some big, big announcements coming. So uh, I'd say everybody's doing a great job. And there is something real big that's coming. We can't talk about and uh, not like Jurassic Park, uh, you know, that it's that it's coming. But there's something coming and it's going to be fun. Uh, we're really looking forward to this with Robert <coughs> Height. And, of course, Brittany and I and Proc will be in the fight. Uh, uh, Frank Teague's uh, uh, we were excited. Uh, that, that Barlam and, and Tolbert brought that car around and, and put it up. Uh, it shocked me. I didn't even know how it got there uh, to number three. Uh, so I haven't figured out where them other guys went. You know what I mean? It was just, uh, but Brittany got the title and, and uh, uh, that was exciting for me as a father. And, and uh, so we're excited where it's going to go, but our sport, I, I coming out of the pandemic, we're surviving it. You know, you look at some of these other sports shows, everybody's struggling. But NHRA works. We were at meetings with them in the last few days, Robert and myself, and, and they're doing everything they can to try to, to make this thing move ahead. And Pomona's not in trouble. I know the people, okay? Uh, uh, they, 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 they look down the road, uh, you know, who knows what the future is going to bring. But right now, we're safe. It's going to be there. I, I oh, wanna, absolutely. I want to I want to clarify one thing real quick. It yes. Is, you know, there's been rumors, but the Auto Club and AAA is still with John Force Racing. OK. And for multiple years. Oh, I did. I didn't say that wrong, did I? No, no, no. See, he's, a boss. <laughs> but he's right. No, I'm saying uh, they're they're great with us. There's a lot of change going on for reasons, business. But uh, uh, NHRA. Uh, you know, has supported us the last 25, 30 years. I mean, nothing but good. And they're still here. They've signed up, uh, go down the road again. So we're going to be kicking up, but there's some exciting stuff coming that we're going to do. And uh, we'll just see where it all goes. Well, exactly. And we got Brad Gerber from the NHRA going to be on next, but uh, of course, everybody PRI next week. I know you guys are going to be there uh, shaking hands, kissing babies, all of those things. Uh, and a lot of news will roll out after the turn of the year. Uh, Brittany, you just won your second world championship, 2017-2022. Uh, the way you did it this year, 
by setting track records all over the country. You've been called the queen of speed because you have set uh, track records and world records and you're really the you know, the fastest female I know of 338.94 miles per hour in a thousand feet. And I want everybody out there to think about that. In a thousand feet, accelerating from zero to 338.94 miles per hour. It's absolute insanity. Um, you know, what has that experience been like for you going through this season, battling for a championship, having a points lead, losing the points lead, and then rallying back with a critical victory to become champion? Overall, our season's been pretty outstanding from start to finish. I mean, we came on strong. Our first win was, you know, early on in the season in, in Vegas. And, you know, looking back at, at last season, you know, we only won the one race and it wasn't until halfway through the season in Topeka. So we already came into the season stronger than last, already ahead of ourselves and, you know, won a handful of races. Not only that, we were setting, you know, rack records, track records and, um, in St. Louis, we got the mile per hour record. And in Pomona, you know, we stepped even ab above it, beyond it, and uh, set that track record you're talking about. It was Pomona during qualifying at 338.9. Pretty awesome to do that with this whole team. It, it takes everyone involved, David Grubnick, Max Savage, all the guys to do that. And to be able to do that at the final race of the season and our my home track, it, it's a special one. It's, it's something that means a lot to me. We're hoping we could keep it there. And uh, like I said, start to finish, our season was incredible. When the countdown began and, and you really have to hit it hard, our team started to slip a little bit. We were, you know, fell behind. We were out, um, you know, second round in the first few races of, of, of the countdown. And it was, you know, pushing us back. But we stayed focused. We stayed motivated. We knew we'd get to that number one spot. We just needed to get back on top where we were. And uh, we moved things around in Vegas when we won. Uh, second to the last race of the season, we got that win and it moved us ahead of the number one guy just by seven points. But that was our goal going into Pomona was we didn't care how many points, but we wanted to be number one. We wanted to be ahead just to have that little bit um, out ahead of somebody was what was our was our main goal. And we were able to accomplish that. And we just stayed ahead in Pomona. And um, that's where we got the job done. And, and we got that number one. So a championship is just incredible. We did it in 2017, which was awesome. This year, you know, being able to do it, we've been chasing it with this group, this team, since I've been with them since 2019. They're an awesome group. David Grubnick, he's always pushing limits. He's always pushing for those numbers, you know, on the, on the board and track records. And ultimate goal, though, was always a championship and very proud to do it with this entire Monster Energy Flavor Pack team. Oh, so exciting. John, where were you? I want to hear your Brittany wins the championship story because it it happened in a kind of uh, unusual way uh, we were expecting it to come down to the final round of the final race certainly late in the day but instead her closest competition lost in the first round making her the champion in the first round you were yet to race and then all of a sudden you realize the fight is over your daughter had won the championship that had to be kind of an interesting situation can you share with us uh, I was in shock. I was uh, uh, sitting in the car. Uh, my wife, Lori, was in the back seat, and my, my grandsons, uh, Jacob and Noah, and we're sitting there, and Lori always following the points, and I'm on oxygen in the front seat trying to get up uh, to win, and, and, and uh, I had heard that Brittany had won, and then they just started dropping off, and I didn't think nothing about it, and then uh, those guys that had lost, I stepped out of the car, and I thought, well, she's only got to go around or maybe two and she can lock this thing up. And then I hear uh, Alan Reinhardt, the announcer, say, Brittany has locked up the championship. And I'm like, oh, man, he screwed that up, you know, because she didn't. I didn't think at the time, but I'm guilty. I don't watch the, the points. And in the middle of it, uh, <clears throat> I got back in the car and my wife said, yeah, well, obviously she did because there was a lot of things we weren't counting like qualifying and, and, and different stuff. And, and uh, so I was really proud of her. It was a great day for us. Uh, I, I thought, I thought we had two. I thought it was in the bag and, and uh, it, it didn't happen. And uh, we, we just move on and uh, let's do it again. Let's start all over. Yeah. Robert, I, I, every time I hear that, for those that don't know, you know, I, I get to spend a lot of time with uh, this team and, 
every time I think about Britney's championship, I think about how close you and your team came to winning a championship and uh, like the old wide world of sports open, right? The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Um, you know, it just got to be a barb that pokes you, but you have been through this before and you're a champion driver coming back, but what's it like to deal with that, to have to go through that experience? Caps has lost two by single digits and now you have had that experience. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a little tough pill to swallow, but, uh, you know, we're going to use it for motivation going forward and learn from it. Um, you know, you got to take out the positives of the year. Uh, cause there were a lot of them, you know, uh, pretty much led the points all year long, um, zero first round losses. I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, we just, you know, um, sometimes you think what, what can we do better? You know, and that's what you got to do in anything, anything you do, you have to strive to be better. And that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to work hard at it. And, uh, like I said, I think, uh, we, we definitely have some goals here and, you know, uh, something to prove. Yeah. If you're not heartbroken at the end of it, if you don't win, then does it really matter that much? And yeah, no, it, it, def tough. it definitely, it definitely matters. Uh, let me ask you, you know, someone mentions, does height have the funny car speed record uh, 339.87? Yes. All, all of the records for the nitro categories are on your screen right now. Speed and ET funny car speed and ET top fuel dragster. Robert, you've got Jimmy Proc as your crew chief, but uh, clearly there's a lot of brain power and a lot of power in general over there at John Forrest Racing. Uh, those records, how do they translate like to, to wins? First and second in the points, clearly making power. What is John Forrest Racing doing that the other teams are not doing that you guys have these records? I think these are the four best cars we've ever had. Uh, you know, they're very, very competitive. Everybody works super hard and that's their goals is quicker and faster. That's all Jimmy Proc thinks about. Um, he's already thinking about things we're going to test over the winter and that's how you get better. Um, you know, it's, it, it is impressive to have, you know, all of the records uh, and, you know, companies like Chevrolet, they love that. Okay. Because uh, they give us a lot of technology. Um, you know, things have changed in Funny Car, you know, in the last few years with, uh, you know, some of the rule changes and the rev limiter and, you know, the headers. So uh, we've got to work around that to get back. And uh, I think you're going to see Funny Cars pushing those limits again. Uh, lots and lots of technology. I mean, we saw, you know, 337, 338 this year in, in, top, or in Funny Car. And uh, we're, we're going to get back there. It's going to take a lot of hard work, though. For those who are uninitiated that might uh, know Top Fuel or known as the kings of the sport, why are funny cars ultimately a little faster? Top Fuel dragsters are quicker, but funny cars are faster in terms of speed. Can you give us a quick answer? Yeah. So funny cars are, are definitely more aerodynamic and, you know, you can get more air in the engine. You know, we, we, we can gain, you know, 53, 54 miles an hour from the eighth on. Uh, dragsters, dragsters can't do that. Um, you know, we pretty much have the same rev limiter now, but how come they're quicker is, you know, they're 200 pounds lighter and they can hit it way harder. They have more traction early on in the run and they can get after it. But uh, once you get going, the funny car uh, can, can pull more air in and, and it's more aerodynamic. Uh, Brittany, you started out, uh, you were going into a teaching career. Uh, we remember, you you know, young racer, your dad is John Force, and I don't know that it's possible for a, for a kid to fully understand what's, you know, their parents do and whether it's unusual or different than the other kids out there, right? But you want to become a teacher and then, you know, your sisters got involved in the sport and then you got involved in the sport. Now you're a two-time world champion. You threw your life into this, right? Like you went literally all in with drag racing and now you're a two-time champion. I just, I want to, I want to, you know, talk a little bit about that journey and uh, now, you know, a leader at John Force Racing, a face of John Force Racing. And if your dad ever retires, which we hope he never does, you're going to have to carry the family business into the future. Talk a little bit about going all in on the sport of drag racing. Thank you. Um, you know, back, this was years ago when I was in college, I went to school to be a school teacher. And I was in the sportsman division. I was driving APL at the time. 
I drove super comp for three years, a field for three years. And, and I had an opportunity to, to, you know, jump into a top field car and make some passes in it. And, you know, at the time, my plan was I still wanted to stay in a field and, and pursue, pursue teaching was the plan. And once I got in that top field car, I'll never forget. It was Las Vegas. It was my first full pass. And when I got out on the top end, I knew that's the direction I wanted to go. I was hooked. I loved it. It was just a whole different experience than what I've been doing. And I love driving that car. So it was kind of my, my mind was made up in, in that first full pass. I spent months just, you know, making runs in the car, but you know, only to half track and, and, you know, working your way down the track. So it was that first full pass. And I knew that's the direction I wanted to go. And I really haven't looked back since. If you would ask me, you know, 13 years ago, if I thought I'd be a two-time champion, it, it blows my mind even today that, you know, we got that first championship so huge. And then we just did it again this season. I'm very proud of that. But again, um, it's competitive and it's what winning is why we're out here. It's what we do for our teams and ourselves and our sponsors. And it's, it's all of John Force Racing that makes that happen. And uh, we want more. Now that, you know, you get a taste of it, you definitely want more. It's, it's like that first win. Once you finally get it, you want more. And championship, it, it works the same way. And, um, you know, talking about my dad and the sport, I'm, I'm very proud to take on this kind of role model. Uh, I always hope to be a role model in the sport for, you know, the younger generations coming up that, you know, they can look up to me. And, and if I can inspire one of them, that, that is a win to me. Um, if, if I could push them to, you know, jump out, come outside their comfort zone or, or chase down, you know, what they really want to do, whether it's against the odds or whatever it is, um, just to be able to inspire that younger generation is, is a win for me. So, uh, I'm, I'm proud to, to, you know, carry that out here and, and, um, a role model. It's a big thing. And, and we have so many kids that come out to the races and they come up to our ropes and they tell me they want to be a race car driver to me. So it's uh, very meaningful to me. Yeah, the access at NHRA is amazing. Let me ask you, uh, Erica was on with Lynn St. James yesterday, and there's always a lot of talk about, you know, ladies in racing. And uh, you might have heard me at the start of this talking about it's normal in NHRA, and maybe we should make a bigger deal of it, but we don't because we're used to it, and it's not really out of the ordinary for NHRA. Um, you know, what is your opinion about that? Should we make a bigger deal that women racers in the NHRA are winning championships and beating the guys on a regular basis, or should we continue as we have just kind of, it's the normal thing here and lead by example, if you will, what, what is your opinion, Brittany? I think it's normal in our sport in our bubble of NHRA drag racing, but outside that bubble, it's huge. Uh, female championships to be able to line up with, uh, you know, enders this year. And, and we both won a championship and a number of races together. That is huge. You don't see that in other sports. And yes, I feel like we should, it should be blown out. Like we should def, I have no problem, you know, putting that out there. I want people to know that, that, that females are winning in drag racing, not just, they're not just, you know, pulling off those number one qualifiers, but we're winning races and, and we're winning championships. That's huge. Yeah. For the first time ever, two females have won a world championship in the four professional categories. Erica Anders and Brittany Force won together for the first time in the same year. Of course, in NHRA, we have four uh, top tier categories. Robert, what about you, though? What's your opinion? And John, jump in here as well. John, you've been around since Shirley Muldowney won her first three championships. In fact, you employ one of the guys who helped tune her to do it, Ron Tobler, who helped Austin Prock win that race in the uh, end of the year in Pomona. But, um, you know, racing against women, battling against women, it's a normal thing in drag racing now or 40 years down the road, but should we make a bigger deal of it? Is it a bigger deal than we even take credit for? Well, I think it's already a big deal. Uh, you you got to hand it to Shirley in the beginning, uh, going through the battles that she went through and coming up and winning. Uh, but Brittany goes through the same battles, just a different day, you know, different time. Uh, but but it's 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 what we do, and uh, to see Erica out there, uh, she has her fights, uh, you know, uh, with 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 the guys. It's just part of it. But you know what? Uh, I really believe uh, that we're we're a family sport, and uh, I saw some things that that really really made me love the sport even more than I do. And maybe if we have time, I'll talk about it later. But uh, uh, I just think the women in our sport, 
uh, I think it's great for our sport because the men and women and the children are in the stands. And uh, I think it's great. Robert. Yeah, I, I do too. Uh, you know, uh, we have, we've had ladies in funny cars that, you know, I, I, I look at them as another racer, you know, there's, there's no difference. Uh, they, they want to beat me as bad as I want to beat them. And uh, you see a lot of it happening over here in the NHRA that you don't see in other sports, uh, other motorsports for sure. So, um, you know, got to work hard and uh, the ladies are all doing a good job and working hard. That Nigeria girl, you can beat her and she'll get out of the car and say, good job. And if she beats you, she wants to run over and hug you. And that just the kind of people that, that, that we deal with on a day-to-day, -day, we really are a family sport. That's, I think that's what keeps the people coming. Is that what you were going to say, John? I think you've been around uh, so long and you're in many ways the face of drag racing. And, uh, you know, people love you, whether you, you know, you care or want them to or not. Like there are people that just, they absolutely love John Force. Our chat section is full of people just kind of recounting moments that they had with you, whether it be uh, in a TV studio or uh, different stuff like that. What was it that made you love the sport even more? Because I think your connection to this thing is stronger than anyone. So if you're going to talk about passion and love for the sport, uh, I want to know what it is that affects you. I, I go back, I was on an interview this morning and they asked me, why do you love drag racing? Why are you doing it at your age? I said, because I love it. But I, I really love the people and I love the competition and the winning and the trophies and the money. I love all that. The camaraderie of, of, of the teams around me, my family. And, and, and my workers, employees, they're, they're like family. Um, but I have to go back to 1965 in high school. You weren't even born. And, and, and yet I was at the Lions Drag Strip with Beaver Brothers and Condit, wiping tires, wanting to be a part of it. So I've watched it, but I, I never really knew it. And, and, I, and, and then I started racing professionally in 74, 75 in Australia. But I even took a walk at, at, at uh, uh, one of the racetracks, St. Louis, I think, got up in the morning and I walked from one end to the other and back. Hell, it took me over an hour. I'm a little slow. But I, I got to see what they do day to day, the safety safaris, all of the, the workers, the setups, the people, the teams. And I, I saw things that I've been out here 45 years going on 50 that I never even realized what they did. And I went around, I started shaking hands and thanking people. I went to the next race and I did it again. Uh, uh, but it, it's funny, the people, but I saw something happen. And I've been there when I've been on fire and racers run over to me and safety safari, try to drag me out. And I've been there trying to help other people in the same situation. But I saw something this week that really amazed me. Okay, the Torrance family, Brittany has been battling uh, Steve Torrance. And, 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 and they all fight each other how to win. But in the end, you, you still feel your family. And sometimes you say, well, you know, I want to believe that, but I don't know if it's really true. How do they really feel about you? Well, let me tell you, Billy Torrance, uh, my granddaughter is driving a, a, a super cop. And, and they sold Robert a car uh, for Autumn. And she's moving up, and Billy was somewhere in Texas uh, trying to help her. And I saw what he did, and I thought, this is pretty cool. And he goes, I just love that little girl. And he goes, hey, I can't wait for his own grandkid to grow up. Uh, hope it wants to be a part of it because he was part of Steve growing up. But I never realized how much racers care, and especially him. And I want to thank him right now because uh, – I saw what he did. I watched him work on her car every round while running his. And Robert was right there in the heat of the battle, trying to race, right? But, but, and then Bobby got hurt. His trailer door fell on him. And it got worse. He had to go home and had to go in for some kind of a surgery or something. I, I don't want to get sidelined here. But I saw a love that he had for our children, you know, my granddaughter. And it was, it made me cry. I ran down every day to see how he was. And he'd go, Forrest, would you just go away and leave me alone? I'm fine. But I watched this guy. He couldn't hardly walk. And he's still making sure her car's right. Making sure that, that, that you know, that we're going to get it right. 
and 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 but I saw his passion for the sport, and I, that's how he built him a champion with his son. And I get it. And 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 but I I couldn't say enough. Uh, uh, we may be fighting all the time trying to win in top fuel, but but I love you personally, uh, Bobby and Robert. Yeah. I mean really? Billy, Robert, you feel the same way. Tell them what you saw. Oh no, he he definitely uh, had a lot of fun. He actually talked about you know it, uh, you know missing the days when he was teaching Steve how to drive and coming up through the sportsman ranks and you know that guy. It's hard to tell whether he loves Super Comp or or Top Fuel. I mean, it's all he thinks about is that Super Comp car. So uh, you know we have lots of classes in in NHRA drag racing. You know from the pros down to the sportsmen and the grassroots and the sportsmen are the guys that. Uh, that really love this and, and make things happen. So uh, I'm very, I'm a very appreciative for what Billy's done for Autumn and uh, giving her a really good car and, and teaching her. So we've had a blast racing with him and we're going to do some more in the future. Yeah. What's the plan for that? What's the plan for Autumn? Uh, for those that don't know, we, we had some people ask about, you know, is Courtney coming back and is Ashley coming back and all of these questions. I, I think uh, we need to look at uh, the future and what is Autumn's plan, Robert? Well, she's, she's still a senior in high school. She's got, you know, school things and a lot going on. Uh, we're going to fit some racing in whenever we can. Uh, and then she's going to go to college. So, you know, uh, hopefully summertime we can travel around and uh, she can race, you know, some division races and, you know, on our off weekends and then uh, national events. So she's got a long ways to go, but I'm very proud of her. She's, uh, she's done a really good job so far. She can uh, hit the tree and, uh, we give her a car, she can win. Excellent. Comment in the comment section. John is one of the best ambassadors of the sport. He treats sponsors so well. Uh, it's no wonder some of the uh, best sponsors around like Peak are involved. And that's really where you you did, you out-accelerated everybody else, John, is by being a character, <laughs> being yourself, your genuine self, but, you know, out there, letting people behind the curtain uh, to what you're thinking and plugging those sponsors. Well, you get involved, uh, like John Powers coming in and with with Powers Solar, with with Frank Teagues, um, uh, you know, with with uh, Flavor Pack and with Montana Brand. They do it because they love racing. They truly do love it. But I tell you, with all my stress and all that I'm going through and trying to operate these, thank God for Robert Hyde. He really runs everything, and I get all the credit. But I tell you what, uh, and I, I don't want to keep bringing it up. They're gonna think I've fallen in love here with uh, with Billy, but but I saw the way he talked to that girl and the things that he did. And Robert, you go race, I'll take care of this. And uh, I just fell in love with this guy. And he'd been whipping our butts over here for years. And, and, and all of a sudden, he's just the best guy in the world. And oh, he'll tell you how he feels. He told me how stupid I am a lot of times, but uh, and, and probably right. But I just love the people. And, and, and that's why I, I'm still out here racing. I don't want to go home. I love it out here with you guys. And, and thanks for having us on the day, too. Uh, you having us on your show. Thank you. Yeah, and there's a reason that Tony Stewart wants to be involved in the sport and Rick Ware wants to be involved in the sport. There is a, uh, it's an interesting balance. And maybe, Robert, you can elaborate a little bit on this. Brittany, jump in as well. It's, it's unusual that professionals like yourselves are racing on the same track at the same time, you know, same day as a sportsman or amateur <laughs> all in the same location at the same time. And so Billy Torrance, who is a, you know, let's call him a Lucas Oil Series sportsman racer who loves super comp, raises his child, Steve Torrance, and they climb up the ladder. They build faster cars. Next thing you know, this guy's a four-time top fuel world champion. But that's all happening at the same place at the same time. It's a very unique experience. You're a professional, Robert. You were a crew member. But now you got to run off to the sportsman pits and get your daughter ready to race all in the same place. It's a very unique atmosphere that kind of combines the highest level of professional motorsport with a Fox television deal and 330 mile per hour race cars, while at the same time of a grassroots experience uh, where you can run super comp and people out there chasing their dreams on a more budget controlled level. One thing I've noticed about the sportsman ranks is there's a lot, a lot of camaraderie, okay? But when you really get behind the scenes and understand how it all works, uh, those racers, 
they're very, very good at what they do. The, the guys that and gals that can win in, in sportsmen, uh, they're extremely good at what they do. Um, it might not be the most exciting thing to watch, but if you get behind the scenes and understand how hard it is to win and what it takes to win, how good they are, uh, I'm impressed. And we have a lot to learn, you know, and there's, we've also been very fortunate that, uh, you know, a lot of the really good sportsman racers have come up and, you know, wanted to help us out. And that makes me feel really good. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to take a stroll through the sportsman pits in the evenings and, and just talk to the, the racers. I mean, look at Bruno Massel, um, that guy's uh, a former world champ. And what he does, I mean, he could jump in a funny car any day and, and get it down the racetrack from, from learning how to race in the sportsman ranks. Amazing. Uh, Paul is out there, says John is like very similar to Richard Petty, great ambassador. Richard once told me that the people who wanted autographs and pictures are the ones that are paying the bills. And yes, uh, the connection between drag racers and racing fans is still as strong and as close as ever before. That's one aspect of the sport that has not really changed at all. John, you've certainly been there at the ropes uh, a fair amount of time. Brittany, you shared an interesting story with me. I'd love for you to share it for the folks on ePart Trade about um, the fans that came up to you at the Auto Club Finals and made it a, a, a we thing. Like they were looking at, at you as uh, like, you know, part of their team, if you will. Can you explain that story? Yeah, it's just pretty cool to see, you know, the, the fan base around us, the support system, not just John Force Racing, but but all the teams in NHRA Drag Racing. They really follow the sport from beginning of the season to the end. And, you know, they have our backs when we're doing a, something where we want them to vote. They're right there to vote. They're right there to have our back always. They're cheering us on. They're, you know, wearing our, our team colors up in the stands. But what was really cool um, in Pomona, I had a number of fans come up to me and say, we're going to win this thing, Brittany. We're going to win this championship this weekend. And to see that they made it a were, as in we're all in this together, was, was pretty cool that I'm their team. They're the one, you know, they feel this connection to me and we're going to win it together. That's awesome. That hey, let, let me interrupt here. Do it. Uh, Epar Trade. If, if I'm pronouncing it right, I want to you thank are. you for for supporting our sport, uh, for supporting this show. It's very important. You help us get our word out, and we're going to push you out there also. That's excellent. All right, so we're 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 winding up a little bit. We got a couple minutes left, so let's give a quick answer. Uh, obviously, your goals are to win the championship in 2023 and as many races as possible. Brittany, of course, to go back to back, become a three-time champion. Ty Shirley Muldowney in championships. Oh, my goodness, that sounds so amazing. Robert, you've got to bounce back, and it looks like you're very determined. So I would like for you to instead state your goals for the sport, for NHRA drag racing, drag racing in general, because if that grows... And then, uh, you know, look at what has happened with Formula One over the past couple of years. It was already the biggest motorsport in the world. They put out this amazing television program. They showcase their drivers and they're bigger than they ever thought they could be. Amazing stuff. What would you like to see for the sport of drag racing and its fans in 2023? Let's start with Robert. Well, I think, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty cool when, uh, you know, we raced Reading, Pennsylvania this year and we had a NFL lead-in for Fox, and uh, you know that was the biggest viewing history we had ever seen for NHRA drag racing, and it was on par with NASCAR. And I think we need some more of those. And I I think all of that is going to bring more fans uh, to come check us out, you know, in person at, at the races across the country. Uh, Fox does an amazing job, and uh, you know once we get these fans to the racetrack. Uh, usually you're going to get them back a second time. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, John says, oh, my God, a drag racing drive to survive. How cool would that be? It would be cool. It would be pretty extreme, certainly. What about you, John? You're someone who has spent a lifetime in the sport. You've raised your kids in the sport. You're always working so hard for drag racing to communicate to people out there that it's awesome and you love it. Uh, what do you want to see for the sport to grow, to become even more successful in this coming season? Well, I want it to survive because I love it. I've given my life to it and my kids have, and now maybe my grandkids. But I'll tell you, you know, uh, we, we, we got to better our world and uh, we got to clean up the environment. I'm not trying to get into politics, 
but uh, the electric cars coming to some degree, we're, we're building them up there at Chevrolet. And, but it was funny, I was with Richard, I wasn't with Richard Petty, but I saw him at a show there at, where were we at, uh, Indy, SEMA, and uh, uh, the trade show. And, 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 and uh, of course, he's all about the combustion engines, and it ain't going anywhere. Trust me, we're going to be around a long time. But he made a statement when we were talking, and he never says much. He just loved this guy, right? And he looked over at me, and I said, how you doing, kid? He goes, okay, how you doing? And, and I said, uh, uh, what do you think what's going on with this? Because he builds motors and stuff, right? What do you think is going on with the electric car and the combustion engine? He said, the only thing I see is that when they got rid of the wagons, they didn't shoot the horses. And, I, and I'm looking at him like, I wanted to ask, what did that mean? You know, he said, yep, they didn't shoot the horses. And what, what does that mean they're trying to shoot us? No, they're not. It's just the world changing. But did I, what was the question? Well, no, you answered it pretty much. Jim Campbell from Chevrolet was on just an hour or so ago talking a lot about EVs. And you're right, John, there's uh, still horse racing and there's a lot of people with show horses and there's all kinds of fun stuff that happens around the equestrian hobby. And so the internal combustion engine isn't going anywhere. Brittany, same question for drag racing. You're the face of the sport for 2023. You're young, fresh, exciting. You're fast. You're the queen of speed. What do you want for the sport of drag racing in the future? I think the biggest thing is getting more eyes on our sport and it's that younger generation because that's where you're seeing the movement and um, it's just getting there, getting them at a racetrack. And, uh, you know, we've seen it a lot this year, you know, right following our, our championship win in Pomona, I was at a Ducks game and they had me plastered on the, the Jumbotron and it's putting our sport, our name into a crowd that maybe doesn't know anything about it, but it's pulling more eyes in. So it's definitely doing that kind of stuff. Uh, NHRA will bring out, uh, you know, celebrities. I'd like to see more of that. We had, you know, TikTokers, famous TikTokers out there that were doing their TikTok videos and YouTubes, and they have a huge following. So now their eyes are on our sport because of them. So I think it's, that's definitely a big thing. That's what this younger generation is about. And, and we need to make sure we're getting more, uh, you know, looks in, in, in our sport. Well, congratulations on a tremendous season to all of John Forrest Racing. Uh, I thank you all for coming on here on ePart Trade. I know Francisca and Judy are going to jump on any second, um, but you are you are doing a great job for the sport. And I I don't know how hard everyone else in the world of motorsports works, but I know how hard you work because I see it, and uh, it's admirable. You guys are wide open all the time, going out to trade shows, sponsors, uh, meeting people, pressing the flesh, doing what you got to do so that we can uh, burn nitro on the weekends. And I think you do a great job. Hopefully some of the folks out there on EPAR Trade who are watching this, you know, maybe they want to get involved with your team, guys. That's a possibility. Hey, Robert, what should they do if uh, they want to get involved with JFR? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, look look us up, uh, johnforceracing.com. Um, come hang out with <laughs> us at a race. We've got hospitality. Uh, we'll take you behind the scenes and, and show you what it takes to to run, you know, one of these nitro cars and, you know, get to see the, the teams work on them between rounds. Uh, we're always willing to host anybody out there with us. Excellent. Thank you so can much. I ask a, can I ask a question? I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just kind of wound up on coffee. Sorry to you two folks over there. Hey. Oh, God, is that a pretty girl or what? Yeah. And that guy ain't bad looking either. Okay. But here's the point. And you're going to say, where are you coming from, Forrest? But I was at the NHRA bank, what we all were. Okay, uh, it was a great time, and 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 I'm watching this whole deal. Uh, a new a, a new place to happen down at Jimmy Changer. What's that called? Pachanga. Pachanga. And it was great. NHRA did a great job. But I saw something that freaked me out. But I don't know if it was real or not. I'm standing back by myself, always keeping an eye on my grandkids wherever they're at. And I look out and up on the stage. This lady goes on the stage in a big, bright red dress, and she starts singing. And I'm listening to her, and I thought, man, that's really good. So I asked somebody, I said, that girl, I, my eyes are so bad. I don't know how I drive a race car. But I said, how does that girl do that? She, and it, they said, that's Amanda Busey. That's our, 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 our TV, a Fox announcer with NHRA. And I go, 
man, she's got, and then someone said, she's not really singing. She's probably lip singing. But I watched her dance on the stage and everything she did. It was like, man, she's, if she's really singing, and I and and I didn't know. So does anybody know? I know. I know the answer. Francisca and Judy, I apologize. We'll get to go over on Brad's time a little bit, but that's okay because Brad Gerber's best salesperson is John Force. And that was what John is talking about is after the NHRA award ceremony, there's a party. They have a really nice uh, blowout party with music. Britt was there. Robert was there. We were hanging out. People are drinking. And Amanda, who is our correspondent, top-end reporter for NHRA on Fox. She's a very talented singer. I don't think people realize that, but she jumped up on stage, grabbed the microphone, and she uh, lip-synced but wrapped uh, salt and pepper and got the crowd going, and it was a it was one of those moments. And this is the kind of stuff that's happening at the NHRA on track, great. At the event, great. But also behind the scenes, having a party, throwing it down, they do it too. And I'm sure she's going to love the fact that you took notice, John. So she was singing right yeah. now. All that. That's unbelievable. That freaks she me out. Went, John, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And I've noticed Brad make a couple comments in the chat button as well. And he's on next. Yes. I want exactly. to go next year. I'm going to ask Brad. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I invite. <laughs> well, you know that we know you want to go. John Force Racing, thank you guys. Appreciate you greatly. Hey. Thank you Thanks so much. Thank you. What a what a pleasure and what an honor to be hosting you on Race Industry Week 2022. So thank you so much. Registering on ePartrade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.